When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That that era, so so America's Most Wanted is one of those records. The the second NWA record is one of those records. Um, the second one was Niggas for Life. Yeah. Okay. That's why I said it. The second yeah. one. <laughs> 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 Yo, 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 what's up, though? It's the Danny Brown Show coming to y'all live from Wyoming Studios here in beautiful Austin, Texas. I got the booth boys with me. What's up, fellas? Yo, what's, what's up, up Danny? Danny? How, you How y'all boys doing, man? Great. Always good to have you in here. Winning on roulette, baby. 27. That's right. Yes, sir. Man. God damn it. And you know that fucking gambling, man. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> He's been asking us numbers all day. That's right. 1 through 36. What you got? I can't fuck with no roulette. I, I've had one money before fucking with roulette in Vegas, but that's that's... I got lucky. Yeah, I just put it like that. I was drunk mistake. just throwing money down on anything, <laughs> you know? I got Joe DeRosa in the house. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. I don't know, man. You got the liquid IV going, man. You was going hard <laughs> last night, huh? They actually have these fucking patches. You can get these fucking hangover patches, mm-hmm. and you just put that shit on your arm. You drink all night. You wake up feeling like a champ. I got to get some of those. Yeah, that shit the truth. I really fuck with that the, shit. Uh, yeah, I went out. I haven't seen... Uh, Shane uh, Gillis in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, fucking with the dogs. Yeah, we we missed we missed one another. Yeah. So uh, we met up yesterday, and we started at. Uh, did you ever go to Lustry Pearl? Uh, it's one of my favorite bars in Austin. It's down. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's somewhere. Yeah, but uh, it's a good bar. But anyway, we started there, and then we were like, let's just walk. And just stop at bars. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's like eleven thirty. I was like, dude, I I gotta go, man. I was uh I was sideways. But Shane has he only drink beer though, don't he? See, that pissed me off because we were like six drinks in, and I was like, dude. He's like, yo, you're starting to sweat like sway a little bit, dude. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm fucking getting drunk, man. I'm mm-hmm. like like because I don't drink beer. I yeah, drink yeah, whiskey. I didn't, I didn't drink beer either when I was drinking. It was just, I, I could only drink liquor because it just, beer is just, it takes too long, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then I start doing shots with it. And I'm like, because I'm like, come on, man. I want to get a buzz. And now, mm-hmm. you're, now you're basically double fisting. And then yeah. you get too sloshed. But the problem with liquor is you're just drinking liquor. So I, I was drinking whiskey, uh, whiskey diets, and then I was drinking whiskey sodas. And... He was like, yeah, dude, I'm fine, man. He's yeah. like, all I've had is six Bud Lights. I was like, well, you need to do a shot, man, because mm-hmm. this isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part about that, though, when I was in um, rehab, it was like all the beer drinkers, they was like the worst. Like, they all needed, like, crazy medications and shit like that. Because they say, like, beer, I don't know, you know, some people, they get the shakes and all that kind yeah. of shit, and it's like, you yeah. can't get out of bed until you have a beer. Yeah. I guess that's like motherfuckers that's drinking, like, a case a day type shit. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. it's beer, but people that all the liquor drinking motherfuckers, we was good. Well, guys, guys that drink beer, like 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 beer like enthusiasts, guys that really drink beer, they can, and I've known a few in my life. It's like they can drink a lot of it, mm-hmm. you know, like like what you're saying about like it takes too long, and also too like my body, I just like you start to feel full. Like if, yeah, if I yeah. have four beers, I feel like I ate like two Big Macs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But guys that can drink beer can keep even if even light beer, it it, it weighs up on you after a while. Yeah. They can just keep drinking it, man. Like I, I don't understand it, and like that's got to be. I mean, it's so many carbs, and it's such yeah, a so difference. Yeah, you get that belly, sugar, that fucking, that's yeah. why they call it beer belly for a reason. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> fuck. Yeah. But I, I would imagine though, like being like a comic though, it's hard to not like fucking because you like clubs every fucking night. You know what I'm saying? So, How long you been sober? Um, I'm. I, it'll be a year in April. No shit. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you, man. Are you sober? Sober? Or you still smoke weed? No, I don't do. I I just do fucking vapes and. Nicotine pouches, nah. Really? Yeah, I didn't have no intentions on quitting weed. I still love weed. Like, I just smelled some weed on my way in the car over here. I'm like, damn, man, that shit smells amazing. <laughs> you know, but I guess, I mean, once I stopped one, everything else just, you know. That so, was kind of it. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. And plus, I feel like once you get up to, like, my age, like, you're in your 40s and shit. It's How like old are you? 42. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're making me feel bad. I'm 46. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying, like... <laughs> you're like, you know, when you get to 42, you need to stop. Like, no, I'm uh, not saying that. It's just that, you know, <laughs> you start to, when you're just sitting around just smoking blunts all day, playing yeah. video games and fucking... I mean, obviously, I fucking make music. So, I mean, if any, anybody can do it, it's a fucking musician or anybody that's, like, right. in the entertainment field. You, you have the leisure to be able to do something like that, but... I don't know, for some reason, just sitting around smoking blunts all day and just not doing shit, just, you know? I had to back off of, uh, I don't fuck with weed anymore, because uh, it started to make me, something happened, I, I, I don't know, I got into my 30s, and like, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore, like, mm-hmm. it made me so paranoid, Yeah, and, you know, weed smokers are like, uh, like like heavy weed smokers are always like uh, you know it's like talking to a vegan about vegan cheese exactly you're know, like they're like you didn't try the right kind I'm like no 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 man I tried all the kind I mm-hmm. can't unless I'm drunk and I you know that anxiety is gone because of the drunk I cannot smoke weed and even even if I'm drunk I can have like a hit yeah that's it because I get new weed it's, it's just the weed is crazier than what it was and now when I was coming up you it's know too strong. We was, yes it it. We used to just smoke weed and get fucking get the munchies and laugh and giggle. Now this new weed is like you might as well just put a needle in your arm. You yeah. like fucking doing fentanyl or some shit. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, we edibles. Just, yeah, I, I love edibles though. I did love. I, I had a nice stem with edibles because it makes you sleep good. You know. How many could you do? I, I was up to like thousands milligrams, <sighs> like a day type shit. Yeah, I know. Guys- to the point, I thought I was going blind. <laughs> like I would eat so many edibles and I'd be watching TV and shit like shit is just mad blurry man I think I'm losing my vision and shit like that but then when I stopped eating edibles and shit my vision came I was like oh it was just a fucking edible Jesus Christ but yeah I know dudes that do eight, 800 and, and work all day yeah shit I, it's crazy I mean I, like we it does have this you know positive cause I I, I I do see myself getting a lot more upset about petty shit and I just be like man when I was smoking weed I wouldn't even give a fuck about that kind of shit you know it's funny that you that you say that because when I when I smoked weed, I smoked it a lot, and um, in my twenties, and I would take some time off. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, oh, I can't 
you can't live like this. You got to take a break. So I'd take a couple days off, and about a day or two into the fast, uh, it would I'd start getting reactionary, I'd get mm-hmm. angry yeah. at a lot of stuff. And I think I hear you that it could be a positive of weed, but I also think it's not. I think what it I think it's just taking a numbness away. Mm-hmm. And I think that numbness sometimes has positive qualities like, well, I'm not going to get mad at the lady at the bank because she was shitty and whatever. That's a positive. But I also think it's a numbness just to everything. And, you know, I know people that say stupid shit like, I drive better when I'm high. Yeah, that's You're crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. You know? I mean, it makes you not care as much when you drive it. Maybe that's right. what it is, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's just, that's that's crazy, that that mentality. Because yeah, it's almost get. like a force field around you. Right. Now it's just like, you know, you don't give a fuck about shit. You're just yeah. like, I'm high, I'm, I'm cool, I'm good. But yeah, I, th- I think the real main reason for me, I feel like, it, I mean, as, as, as fucking cliche as it sounds, I think it could be a gateway for me. Weed? You know? Yeah. I don't think that's cliche at all. Yeah. I don't think, I think that's, it's... I think that's almost not cliche. I think people, <laughs> people, people swat that concept away, you know, mm-hmm. like, and they're like, they, they just, you know, I, I, listen, I got no beef with weed. No, I don't either. I love uh, it. Like I say, I love yeah. it so much. <laughs> but you got to, you well, know. I'm protecting myself against weed smokers. I've, I've talked about weed publicly before. Weed smokers get real mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's nothing worse than like those weed. I'm talking about like the super weed motherfuckers that like wear weed clothes and shit like that and all that. That's just like they like weed nerds. Yeah. In that sense, you know, I like smoking blunts and shit, man. But I'm not fucking walking around with with a fucking weed flag and shit, going to weed parties and and, and festivals. And no, shit wearing like weed. That. Yeah, wearing weed clothes is like wearing Confederate flag clothes. Yeah, it's the same it's just, shit. Kind of you know? nerd. All right, we was talking about um, hip hop a little bit earlier, man. So you're a huge hip hop, and you actually made a fucking rap album yourself and some shit, huh? Well, I got I have a band. We're not a rap group, but uh, but I did do a. I had a when I was, uh, yes, I used to rap. <laughs> yeah. I used to rap, but I never I never pursued it very. I I thought I was going to pursue it seriously, and then I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. But my band that I have, I also did before comedy, and mm-hmm. and the band kept going and has resurfaced, and we're doing it again. But but the hip hop, uh, uh, I stopped rapping and just. Yeah. You know, state of fan. So the band is Salsa Windfall. Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of music is that? <laughs> is it salsa? No, <laughs> no, no. People ask that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's in the title. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like um, I, I I would say it's odd. I call it odd pop. You know, it's 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 electro pop. In and it's got like it's definitely got some Devo vibes. It's got oh, you know, it's 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 odd. It's odd pop music. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best way I could describe it. So um, we just did our first show in 20, 22 years. Oh, uh, shit. 25 years uh, at Arlene's Grocery at Halloween. It was oh, the dope. Fir- you know, it was crazy doing it again. And we're, we're, we were actually, we're trying to do a show in Austin in the spring. We're trying to see if there's enough... Uh, interest and in, in whatever to and we want to come down here and do do something in like March. So like doing comedy and like doing music, like what what do you think is like the biggest difference of being on stage? Like doing both? Well, it, I feel like with music it's comedy is drinking, music <laughs> is weed. <laughs> weed you, you like you said about the force field, mm-hmm. I feel like music allows you a certain force field when you're performing it on stage because hey, it's a song. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, 
we got to get from point A to point B in the song, and the song is happening. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the audience's re- I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but my point is, is no matter how the audience reacts, the song is happening, mm-hmm. period. That's a force field to me. Uh, comedy is drinking. Comedy is like, yo, man, <laughs> like this might get a little crazy. <laughs> we don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. How you guys react to how I'm acting right now might change how I'm acting. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a real, you know, this is, you know. So not one is not better than the other. Uh, there are certain freedoms that you are allowed with both, and there's certain restraints that, that come with both. No, I would think that comedy is like a lot harder to do than we do on stage in music because with music it's like it's music so you know it's like it's subjective in that sense you know what i'm saying like you you hiding behind the music regardless of what but there's the beat a beat is going you dance you know what i'm saying with comedy it's just like a man in a mic it's like the closest thing to that is like politics and shit yeah. you know <laughs> it's like take it or leave it type of shit you know it's be yeah being a comedian is Music is like pimp shit. Comedy is hoe shit. Oh shit! You, you're a hoe. Really? You're a hoe. Why would you say that? I don't. Uh, because you're there for the audiences. You know, there's a service, mm-hmm. a very organic service. They're like, if you go to a prostitute, it's like my goal. I'm going there to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. That is that is what is happening. That is what, what that's the whole point of the transaction. If you go to comedy, you have to laugh. Yeah. If you paid your money, you have to laugh. Yeah. If if you don't, it's not, you know, you're with the wrong hoe, right? So with with music, it's way more pimp shit where it's like the music, I feel like you're in full control. Yeah. You're like, you know what I mean? You can kind of sit back. You're like, hey, this is what's happening. Fuck you if you don't like it. This is what we do. Period. There is no Oh, you don't like what we're doing? Sorry, we'll we'll start playing acoustic songs instead. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's not what we do. Whereas with comedy, it could be like, hey, we don't like what you're doing. You might go, um, all right, well, let me <laughs> let me try to slide over <laughs> into this into this uh, material instead. Uh, hopefully, you'll feel this. I mean, you know, I'm not degrading it. I do it for a living. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, No, but, I just really think comedy is really hard. Like, I really, when I see somebody that's like on stage killing it, it's like, man, that's like, I don't know, it's like magic or something, man. Like, with music, it's like, you like the song or you don't, you know? But with comedy, it's like, man, well, that's really I, hard. I won't deny that it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. Because what's funny to you might not be funny to someone else, but I guess music is the same way. What you think is dope, somebody else might not. But it's like, I don't know. You you might hear a song that you don't like the first time you heard it, but you hear it three, four times. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's dope. I don't think that works like that with a joke. Um. Well, I, 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 it, it can, it can. I mean, if you, if you listen, if you choose to listen to comedy, or watch comedy in the way, the same way that you would with music. I had comedians that I hated when I first heard them, and then they grow me, and then I, now I think they're fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've mute, you know, some of my favorite music I hated. You know, I got a Zappa tattooed on my yeah, arm. Zappa the shit. Yeah, yeah, but I hated Zappa when I first heard it. Yeah. It disgusted me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, um, so. I have comedians like that. I thought Bill, I, I when, you know, Bill Hicks now is to me one of the funniest dudes ever lived. But when I first heard Bill Hicks, I didn't like it because mm-hmm. he had a style that I didn't quite get. It took me some listens, you know. And people say that about podcasts all the time. They say it to me a lot. They're like, I fucking hated you when we first started listening to your podcast. Now, now I actually really enjoy you. So, 
it can work like that. But what I was going to say is, is what you know, what you were saying about the song uh, protects you or whatever, um, or comedy's hard, music's easier. Uh, I, I, the reason I would disagree with that is there's a pressure of performance with music that you don't have with comedy. Now, comedy is hard as shit, but you can flub. If you fuck up in comedy, it can be funny. Yeah. I've, I, I, you, you fuck a punchline up, and I've fucked jokes up on stage and been like, ah, I fucked it up. God damn it. And then like the audience thinks that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, then, you fuck up a song, it's over. That's <laughs> it. That's what I'm saying. You have one well, chance to yeah. hit this note yeah. or, or this line and this rhythm or, you know, or, or play this chord. And if you fuck it up, that's it. You fuck the song up. Oh, shit. All right. We'll jump into some of these... Uh, <laughs> You're right, though, because there's been a lot of times where I've been on stage. Because, I mean, you write, you know, you write so many fucking songs, and it's a lot of times, if, you know, especially when I was drinking a lot and shit, I get up on stage, I'd be like, I got it, I got it. And then the music started, and my, my brain just go blank, like, fuck, how did this song go? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just fucking flip through it, be like, oh, fuck it, I fucked it up. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a fear, um, maybe fear is the wrong word, there's an anxiety I felt when we did the Salsa Windfall show that I haven't felt in a long time mm-hmm. uh, on stage, I mean. I still get anxious, you know. I, get, I have shows this weekend. It's my first time headlining the, the mothership. Like, you, you want it to go well. Yeah. So I have a certain anxiety before the first show because it's like, all right, I, I, just, I want it to go well. That's just giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. But when, I, when we did the Salsa Windfall show, I was on stage and I was like, I hadn't, my brain hadn't functioned like that in a long time where I was thinking like 15 minutes ahead of where we were about like, don't fuck this up. Don't forget this. Don't, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's something I really admire with, with musicians is like, like, like professional musicians, you know, I mean like guys like you that, 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 that's like what you do is music. I admire the ability to do that, you know, and to function like that. I mean, it's it's you, you. There is no mailing it in, man. No, no, it's ne- definitely not. And and it's almost like the energies of it. Like people can tell if you up <laughs> on stage and you just phoning it in. Like they, they, the crowd can receive. They 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 know it. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like you got to be all in with that shit. Yeah. All right, we'll jump into some of these ask Danny's. You can always hit me up at Danny at the Danny Brown Show dot com. Ask Danny. All right, first one we got is White Boy Bops. Yo, Danny, what would you consider to be your favorite white people songs? And how did you find the songs? Shouts out to Terry. I don't really know what a, a white white people bop. I don't know what that could be. <laughs> like, you know, for music, like, I guess if anything, I mean, I would say um, favorite white boy bop. Um, I don't know, because I, I really feel like, Cause a lot of people might say I make white boy bops in some sense. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I, I really feel like music is, it's all on a person. It, it, it transcends race in it, some uh, sense. We, I talk about this a lot. The whitest music. Yeah, I think the whitest music to me is the, the, the white rappers that try to rap like Eminem. Yeah. I mean, M could do it, but then it's like all these clones of M or the guys that got inspired by M and then they just rap super fast and they just forget the whole what Eminem started from and what he is. And yeah. it's just like this whole, I, I think that's, but I wouldn't consider that to be bops. My, you know what I'm saying? My, 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 my friend Pat called me once. <laughs> this is how he started the conversation. I go, hello? He goes, dude. Mumford and Sons, yeah. whitest band, <laughs> whitest band ever. And I was like, yeah, I think you might. But now, you know what's funny, Danny, is 
Uh, did you hear that new band Jay Z just signed? Mm-mm. Infinity something. No. Uh, they're great, but it's five, four or five black kids. Mm-hmm. But they sound like fucking Mumford and Sons. Oh, really? And ev- and it's a big story in, in entertainment, I guess, because it's like Jay Z signed this band, but they're like soft rock. But like, and I was listening to it yesterday. They're they're really good, and I was like. Man, shit's coming real full circle. Yeah, definitely. Because when I was growing up, it was always white kids doing black sounding music. I'm like, this might be the first time ever I've really heard like a black group do like what I would call white sounding music. Mm. Cause it sounds like it sounds like festival. Okay. <laughs> I'll check it out. It I sounds didn't... like fe- there they are. Yeah, I don't know how I missed this. There's Infinity they're, Song. Okay. They're siblings, yeah. Yeah. They're great. Like, yeah. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I didn't see this. But I was like, this sounds like like you. You're listening to it on a blanket in a field. Okay. <laughs> That's dope, though. That's dope. But uh, what's it called? But white boy, Bob, I think the whitest music ever, my definition of the whitest music ever is is new David Byrne. David Byrne is dope, though, man. He is. But <laughs> new David Byrne. I haven't heard no new David Byrne. Exactly. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. New David Byrne is what aging liberals listen to and think they're still hip. And they go to they go to a theater and David Byrne's on stage doing his new I Haven't heard no new David Byrne. I, heard... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Next up we got switching teams. Hey Danny, I'm twenty four years old and a fellow Detroiter from West Seven Mile. Shouts out to the mile. I've been in unsuccessful relationships, and I'm starting to give up on black girls. My only problem is that women of other races are just really unattractive to me. <laughs> I just want to try it. I feel like I might be able to find a sister who isn't a total rat or just weird. Do you think I should give other races a chance or just stick to my guns? Kobe. I don't know, man. Um, I will say, man, um, dating black girls is like all Madden, man. They don't they don't play for shit. You can't do nothing. Like They, they really stick to their shit, man. But... I don't know, man. I mean, that that's like a, a stereotype. You think like white girls are pushover, but shit, not the one I got. She don't play that shit. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's just women in general. You don't. It ain't really about race because they all different. To be honest, I mean, they all. It just depends on. But if you're not attractive to them, don't don't go that route. You know. Like, I appreciate that he said it honestly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. People get afraid to say like, "Well, I'm not into." People are like you fucking racist. You know, yeah. whatever. You know. But like it's it's I, I appreciate that he's just like I don't know man I'm only attracted to black chicks what do you want from me yeah you know I did I did realize I came to like a realization and I remember like growing up it was almost like like I was just you know just seeing girls like on you know just in media and shit like that and all these bitches got the BBLs and they got the big titties and pretty faces and, and I remember growing up as a kid it wasn't always like that it was either like if a girl had a fat ass she had an all right face you know if a girl had a, Titty, she ain't had no ass, and yeah. she was, but then it was just like cute girls that was you just really pretty. You ain't had no ass or no titties, but now it's just like this whole cyborgs walking around this motherfucker, <laughs> man. So I feel sorry coming up for this new generation, man. Like you know, like it got to be hard, man, dealing with um, social media and shit, and seeing all these, or even for the women too. It's like you know they gotta live up to all these fucking expectations of, of, of what they see on TV and shit like that. Well, that's that's what's wild is like. I want to be careful how I say this. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But, like, it, it's – there was a time where the unfair image of women was coming 
from corporate America. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, it, and that was the analogy or the example they always use. It was uh, women have to go around, they see these billboards with these false bodies and this fault, whatever. I feel like w- women are making it hard on women now. Yeah. Because there's so many women now on we Instagram with their ass out and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, we don't give a fuck, man. Like, <laughs> a, a, a fucking homeless bum on the corner, man. Yeah. They don't, don't give a fuck how you look, your fucking eyelashes, your makeup, all that shit. We don't give a fuck, man. They, I don't like it. So they do it for them. I mean, I mean, I, it's always good. You know, you want a person to feel confident about themselves and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, man, we don't really give a fuck, man. We'll fuck a hole in a wall. If, if, if that's what it came down to. Like, so shit, man. Do you ever find an eyelash? Do you ever have a girl leave your house and, and they forget their eyelashes? Oh, just the whole shit? Just sitting yeah, there? Like, oh, it's, man. It's, I'm not into it, man. I'm not into it. It's like, I, I don't, I get turned, if I'm talking to somebody and I feel like they put a lot of time into their appearance... I appreciate that they give a fuck, but I, I, it's, it's more. I wouldn't say it's a turn off, but it's not as attractive to me as somebody. You know, I don't want somebody rolling up that hasn't showered. But, oh yeah, definitely. But you, you know what I mean. You want a clean bitch? But <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no stinky hoes. I don't want an overproduced chick. Yeah, you know, clean. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dirty feet, bitch. No. Like, that's the worst. I don't want a string section. Yeah. I don't want an over. I will say, I, I, I do, like, you know, I don't want no, I want a bitch to get, you know, pedicures and shit like that. Like, no crusty, no crusty toe Crusty bitch. feet yeah, is that's, tough. That's, that's, that's a, oh, man, that's, that's it's crazy. Tough. That's, that's, it's that's tough. So I will, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the, you know, you really, I mean, that's just women in general. They know they got to keep themselves up, you know? All right, we'll jump into some uh, music questions. Um, What are your top five favorite artists? Me? Yeah. Uh well, in I've ba- I've bands and then I have the hip hop because mm-hmm. uh, there's too many to put it all together. Yeah, I mean it's any any of them. So my hip hop is uh, EPMD. Oh shit! Number one, number one is EPMD. Uh, Ice T is my number two. Uh, my number three is. Uh, ultra, ultra magnetics and cool Keith. Oh shit! Like that whole umbrella. Yeah. Of cool Keith. Uh, everything cool Keith. Um, my four is is the NWA camp. Mm-hmm. You know, Q, including Cube and you know just the whole NWA and Cube and Easy E and Ren Solo, all, all of it. You know what I mean? And then my fourth is 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 Public Enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a tough fourth or fifth, excuse me, is Public Enemy. And then I would argue that Run DMC slides in and out. Yeah. Also. Yeah, I can go with that. But uh, and then music wise, uh, <clears throat> my favorite band of all time is Fu Manchu, um, followed by Motorhead, uh, followed by uh, Zappa, uh, Bad Religion, and then my fifth is like. I don't know, man. It changes. It changes. Mm-hmm. My fifth slot kind of changes up. But those are really, those are really. The, it's really eclectic list. It's a, a broad spectrum. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of music out EPMD, there. EPMD, though, I, I always um, go back and listen. Because the crazy shit about EPMD is that, you know, from them being from the East Coast and shit, they were pretty much like laying the foundations of West Coast rap in some sense. Like they was yeah. picking all the, like, the fucking G Funk sample. They, they, they was like pre. Dre G funk shit, cause even though you listen to um, early NWA shit, it was kind of like Bomb Squad influence. You know, it was kind of like, so that's why I was so lit when um, Q 
Cube left NWA and he went and worked with the Bomb Squad. So it wasn't like yeah. too far off of what, what NWA was doing. That's why that that um era cube, uh, America's Most Wanted and shit. That's why oh. one of my that's my favorite cube right there. That's that's that album. I remember seeing the <clears throat> excuse me. I remember seeing the Yom TV raps. He was walking with Fab Five Freddy through New York, mm -hmm. talking about America's Most Wanted. It was when it just came out, and he said. Fab Five Freddy said, what made you work with the Bomb Squad? And he said, if I couldn't work with the best producer on the West Coast, I was going to work with the best producer yeah, on the East dope, Coast. Dope. And you're, you're right. Like, that, that era. So, so America's Most Wanted is one of those records. The, the second NWA record is one of those records. Um, the second one was Niggas for Life? Yeah. Okay. That's why I said it, the second yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, um, uh, the PE records. Are the, what, what I'm getting at is there were these hip. There were these albums that came out, and Zappa used to do this too. It's a weird kinship in in even though the genres are completely different. But those albums, I call them uh, 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 mo montages because they don't stop. Mm -hmm. You you hit play, yeah, and it. There's never silence. Yeah, that's what Everything I love. is cutting into the next. Dre always had the the the, the TV static, mm -hmm. you know, in between, and then it would go into the skit, and then the song would start. Um, and I I love that approach to to production. I yeah, it's wild because that was the um, I mean, of course it was like the golden age, but that was before like all the sample shit, you know, like. Motherfuckers got hit with crazy lawsuits and shit like that, so you can't even sample like that no more, you know? So that right. was just like the golden age of sampling, you know? Yeah. These motherfuckers. And plus, just with the, the equipment they was using back then, it was like, for them to pull off a lot of that shit that they was doing, man, you couldn't even fathom that shit. Like, now we got these samplers, you can you can just do that shit easy, but these motherfuckers, it probably was taking them days to make some of those beats. I mean, it's wild because everything, yeah, everything now is virtual. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Like I use Logic Pro, and you yeah. can add track after track yeah. after track after track. You can isolate. When when Zappa started working with this, I think it was called the Synclavier. Um, it was a computer that he he started doing whole albums on this computer that could orchestrate music, and it was electronic sounding, but it sounded kind of orchestral. Mm -hmm. And I watched an interview with him where he talked about the how enamored with this computer he was he goes because he goes finally if i want the the timpanis to have reverb on them i can just put the reverb on them i don't have to set up a whole room and go or go to another studio to get the sound i yeah. need on these timpanis or whatever i can just do it right here with these buttons and you know now you're like yeah, that you just, take that for granted yeah. but in 90 90 whatever it was when he was doing this 89 it's like so zap was like the first one fucking with the computer and shit i don't know if he's the first but, but he's like he there are, there are videos on youtube of him like like walking a reporter through how the thing works or whatever when he started using it and i mean it seems like that was the state of the art thing at the time yeah, it definitely. was not like you know there was not a better version of it that he wasn't using let's put it that way so like you know, it's wild, man. It's yeah. wild. But it's like everything that thing does was basically, and you know, it had different instrument sounds on it. And if you hear it now, now it sounds like Space Age. Yeah. <laughs> instrument sounds are so weird. But I'm sure it's supposed to be like guitar or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but it sounds, you know. Um, but anyway, it's it's wild now, man. Remember, my bands used to record on four tracks. Yeah. And then you'd have to bounce 
four tracks down to one to open up the other three. Yeah. And then you lost. That's the other thing too, man. There was there there was there was texture in the limitations. Like having to do stuff like that reduces the sound quality overall. And but in a good way to me. Like there's a dirtiness. Yeah, it's a warmth. You know? It's a warmth with that shit. But, and also I, I feel like limitations, um, it 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 makes you more creative in some sense. Absolutely. You know, like with all this shit we got now, you can just do shit so easy. Like back then when they was like chopping up those samples and shit, they had to do that shit really like by hand and ear. Like now you can fucking you can just hit lazy chop and it just chops it up for you you can see the waves they ain't see no waves they had to literally just chop these samples up ear by ear and they had to fucking listen to those fucking records like for for, for you to find that little break or for you to find like now you can just fucking load that shit into your computer you can look at the wave and see like oh that's where the break is at right yeah. there you know yeah it's it's you you can hear you can hear the loss that happens when um i say it about certain comedy specials mm -hmm. you know the guy will put out special number whatever and i'll think that's the major label special yeah you can hear that the limitations are gone on this special mm -hmm. you know and you hear that with a band with a certain album you're like i st and i stay with bands but like you'll hear the moment where it's like oh this is when they could do whatever they thought of yeah and that's not good all the time because whatever you think you know it's one thing if you're uh if you're brian wilson and you create yeah. fucking pet sounds or whatever. But then it's another thing if if it's just like, well, you know, we, we put strings on this, but why? <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, what, what album can you listen to front to back? Oh, uh, there's a lot, man. But, uh, but uh, my favorite, one of my favorite albums of all time uh, for this question is, or this type of question is... Um, there's a Sinatra album that he, Sinatra, God yeah, damn, I love Sinatra. he's probably my number. <laughs> I got a lot of Sinatra, man. Sinatra, God uh, damn, man. He's got a record with uh, Carlos Jobim. Uh, Sinatra helped usher Bossa Nova into the United States. Mm -hmm. He was like one of the first artists in the United States to be like, "Hey guys, there's this really cool music happening in Brazil," and you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and he worked this guy Jobim, who's kind of the godfather of bossa nova uh they did an album together and it's i mean it's just the smoothest it's a beautiful beautiful record sinatra that's like man i actually did see a crazy sinatra um documentary about how he's like connected with the mob and all that kind of shit <laughs> yeah, they yeah, was like yeah. getting him out of his contracts and all <laughs> kind of crazy shit so that's the most i know of sinatra man and he was like it was crazy like back in the day they was fucking kidnapping motherfuckers and all type of shit man it was like god yeah. damn like because i mean i guess it's kind of shit kind of the same shit going on now. The motherfucking record labels and shit, they figured out they can fucking put life insurance on motherfuckers and <laughs> shit. They was like, oh shit, this nigga starting to fall off. Let's kill this nigga. <laughs> I feel like you could take... I feel like you could remake Straight Outta Compton with the same script and make it Sinatra and the story wouldn't be that different. Oh, yeah. Sinatra was on some gangster shit, man. I was like, god damn. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so, so what was your first concert? Frank Sinatra. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, you saw Frank in the flesh? I saw him in the flesh, man. Radio City Music Hall, his last run. How old was he? I was, I was 15. He was 80, I guess. Crazy, man. I saw him the last, like like a few days after I saw him, he collapsed, and that was the end of the Radio City Music Hall run, and he never, he never made it up. Oh, shit. Uh, and he died a couple years later. But I saw him, I saw Count Basie Orchestra first, opened up, and then Don Rickles came out, and 
shit on the whole audience and, and, <laughs> and Sinatra. Made fun of Frank fucking Sinatra. Shouts out Don Rickles, yeah. man. <laughs> and then Sinatra came out, man. It was wild, dude. Just to be still doing that shit at 80 is fucking crazy. Like, I was, uh, yeah. I was, I always watch documentaries and shit, and I was like, man, it, it started to make me question religion. Cause I'm like, this nigga Don King still living? This motherfucker 90 something years old. Like, out of all the niggas' money he stole, this nigga ain't dead. Like, if anybody should be gone, it should be Don King. Like, what the fuck? How is Don King still living? Man, I had to Google that shit. Like, Don King's still alive? Like, goddamn. Mike Tyson, he got Mike Tyson out here going crazy. Like, what the what? fuck is going on? What was your first concert? My first concert was Fresh Fest. What's Fresh Fest? It was, um, Run DMC, wow. LL Cool J. Wow. I can't remember who else was on it, but yeah. That was when I um I was probably like maybe preschool, kindergarten or something. My dad took me. That's when I first um realized I wanted to be a rapper. Wow. Like I saw that shit and was like, oh shit. My dad said I didn't even watch the concert. I just turned to him because, you know, it was that pine knob, which is like a field. I mean, it ain't like a sit down, like a grass type of situation. And we were just sitting down on the grass and shit watching it. And I just turned to him and just started mimicking everything they was doing on stage. And just wow. rapping like this fucking little ass kid. Ever since that day, I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. That's great, man. Yeah, I mean, one thing I am proud of myself for actually becoming that. It took a long time. But I will say I always got joked on about it. Because imagine you like in the first grade, everybody like, what you want to be when you grow up? All the kids in the class, I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a football. I stand up and be like, I'm going to be a rapper. They used to fucking joke and laugh. I mean, it got to the point I'd be like, man, I, I used to be embarrassed about it. So I, I, I actually used to say I wanted to be a comedian when I grow up. That's yeah? what I used to say. Instead really? of saying a rapper because I didn't want people to laugh at me. I, I, yeah, I remember from an early age saying, that was my, my, my eighth grade yearbook. Uh, they said, where where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I said, my quote was, on stage with Public Enemy. Oh, shit. I thought I was, I I was going to really go hard and be be a rapper. <laughs> Public Enemy with a white boy would have been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Progressive. Uh, but but I just saw, man, I just saw, I went to Rock the Bells on my birthday. and I st- They still do Rock the Bells? Mm-hmm. They did it in Queens for the for for, for hip hop fifty. Oh yeah, they did the hip hop fifty. Yeah, you're right. But uh, I saw I saw Run DMC mm-hmm. and uh, LL, Rock him. It was great. It was crazy. But uh, I met DMC. I was doing the Bonfire Radio Show. I was co-hosting for Bobby was out, and I was in with Jay Okerson, and um, uh, DMC came in. He was the guest. Yeah, dope. So we talked to DMC for like an hour, and I got to tell him, I'm like, dude, like Raising Hell to me is the greatest hip hop record ever made, mm-hmm. and I was like. It took me my whole life to see you, dude. I got that record when I was probably seven years old, eight years old. I'm like, I'm 46. It took me basically 40 years to see you. Mm-hmm. And to see you on my birthday, and I was like, dude, I remember when your voice got fucked up and you yep. didn't think you were going to be able to rap ever again. Like, it was just, it blew my mind, dude, seeing those guys. Like, Run DMC, man, it, I think it was everybody, like, first, like, <sighs> mind-blowing experience of hearing them. And uh, I really loved when they, you know, Cause, Cause, I feel like they did. Um, I mean, of course, it was Rick Rubin pulling all the rock influence into the shit. You know, he was able to fucking, like I said, transcend race in that sense, uh, where, you know, white people was fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that was a lot of white people first, probably hip hop. Yeah, I mean, Rick and and Russell too. Like, like, like going to those. They talk about like how they they like were coming in from like the like there was such a heavy punk rock New York influence on their approach yeah. to hip hop. Uh, and what they were doing and how they were shopping it, and w- I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. And s- you know, same with LL. Like seeing LL up there, you're like, LL's like, what is he? He's got to be fifty five years old. I know he looks like he fucking aged a bit, right? man. 
He's got to be, right? And he's still, like, he goes hard. Queen Latifah was there. She ripped. Salt and Pepper. I feel like Queen Latifah is super underrated because a lot of people just know her from, like, her acting acting shit. So they don't really remember Queen Latifah when she first came around. It was like motherfuckers was terrified of her. Like, I'm saying, like, far as, like, male MCs and shit, like... Queen Latifah get on a song and body your ass. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So she she killed, man. She brought out Moni Love. They did Ladies First. That's right. It was it was dope. But I got like, I got I get emotional at, at concerts, like because it it like it, it like it takes me back. Mm-hmm. And like I got like, I got like teary watching Salt and Pepper because <laughs> it like I, you know what I mean. I was excited to see him, but I didn't know I cared that much. And I, I was like. I, I, it just took me back. MC Light came out. I was like, MC Light killed. And I was like, and Salt and Pepper, ki- they both, they killed. Yeah, I had a chance to meet Salt and Pepper. It was great. Yeah. Like, we played a festival together. and I, Because, uh, you know, Salt and Pepper was like the first female, you know, yeah. group that I, I mean, first female album I think I bought in my life, you know? And that was the whole fucking, they had Herbie Lovebug and all that shit. They was like the first of that shit. Because I was a huge Kid and Play fan growing up. So it was like all the same circle type shit, you know. So, so I just I was a huge kid and play fan. Kill kid and play. <laughs> oh man, I could I could talk to you all day about this shit. <laughs> kid and play was my was my uh, was my safety cassette. Yeah. So what I did was when I go buy records back in in the well I don't know about now they probably don't give a fuck but back in the day if you you could buy a record that had a sticker on it explicit lyrics. Even if you weren't of age, the, the record stores didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They just, they, you know, so I, I could go in and get what I wanted. I didn't need my mom to buy me the thing because I didn't need a pr- approval yeah. with the clerk. But my mom would inspect anything I bought. And she'd be like, you better not buy any explicit lyrics, whatever. So Kid and Play was my, was my fail safe. I put it in my pocket and I had my mom take me to the mall and I'd go in and I'd buy Ice Cube or whatever. And then yeah, you keep pulling the Kid and Play tape out? Yeah. She, never, she didn't remember. <laughs> she, could, she didn't remember. So she'd come out and she'd be like, what did you get? And I'd, I'd, I'd hand her Kid and Play too Hype. They're yeah, smiling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was my first rap album I ever bought with Kid and Play too Hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was that that tape got, Kid and Play got me a lot of. Hell no, nah, that's hilarious. Man. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps seeing them motherfuckers out there like, ah, oh, doing the kick dance move. Yeah, yeah. Fucking kid and play, I, man. I just saw them at, I went to hip, uh, DJ uh, Cassidy, past the mic, Hip Hop 50 at Radio City. And it was 50 groups came out, did their hit. It was one, boom, it was rapid fire. How was, long was that? About three hours. God damn. Um, it was wild. It was rapid fire. But kid and play came out. And they did rolling with kid and play. Yeah, hell yeah. And they did the fucking kick kick step, whatever mm-hmm. it was called. And then they brought out uh, full force. Oh shit! Uh, they all did um, house party. Yeah, and shit together. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Kid and play was crazy, man. People don't know how big kid and play was. Them motherfuckers had their own Saturday morning cartoon. I know. I used to watch that shit. Like, uh, kid and play was my shit, man. Their but- DJ Wiz. Uh, I haven't seen him in years, but Wiz used to hang out at Caroline's Comedy Club all the yeah, time. Yeah, because Kid does comedy now, yeah. right? Yeah, but Wiz was friends with Greg Charles, who was the publicist at Caroline's. Okay. So Wiz would always come in to hang out with Greg. I was friends with Greg. I became friends with Wiz. But Wiz, Wiz brought in uh, uh, Teddy Ted one night, and uh, uh, what was his name? Teddy Ted. Who's the other dude? He would just bring old school dudes, mm-hmm. and it would, like, it would blow my fucking mind. You know, because they were just his friends. Yeah. Like, he's just coming to the show. But you were like, I, to me, I was like, these are dudes I've been listening to for, yeah, it was just wild. Anyway, 
Sorry. No, that's all good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, we got we got some wheel. Let's spin the wheel before we get up out of here. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming through, man. Oh, thanks for having to me. You. I, I, yeah. I could, like you say, I could talk about fucking hip hop shit all day, man. You know. Yeah, man. It's like. Well, come if you're in New York, come on, come on, Taste Buds. I would definitely love to. Yeah, definitely come on, love man. To. Yeah, yeah, please. Indie rock. Okay. How do we get here? <laughs> <laughs> indie rock. I don't know. I guess. I mean, indie rock. I don't. I, it's like, is that like Vampire Weekend? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. So I guess indie rock that's on an independent label. I don't. There's no. Is there any such thing as a fucking independent label? That's what I'm saying now. Like, I don't think indie rock is like a thing now. You know. Yeah, independent label means you put it out yourself now. You know, and you put a label on it. You yeah. know, like is there like when I was growing up? You know, there was. I guess they're still around, but there was like merge records and and uh, 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 discord. Discord's still around. Discord's truly independent. Discord's a total different thing to this generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. The um, but so but what? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't can't think of an independent like, band now. It's like independent is almost like because a lot of these independents move like major labels now. That's the thing. Like yeah. Spoon, Spoons. Uh, I love Spoon, the band Spoon. They're from Austin. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Spoon and Spoon's last record or second to last. I don't know. They they were on they, they went to a major and then they went back to a minor. And I said, I was like, Oh, I like that they're back on the indie mm -hmm. and somebody's like, No, nah, that label's owned by Universal yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's you know? how I mean. Yeah. So like that's how it is with the films and shit too. Like Miramax used to be an indie company. Oh shit. And it was like but all that shit now, like it's like it'll be like uh twentieth century Fox Spotlight or whatever, and you're like, that's the the that's their label to put out independent movies mm -hmm. which means it only cost 10 million i think now whatever. i think now indie rock like i think that's more of a sound yes than actually i think so a genre thing which makes me so jealous about rock music and rap music because like you know they got alternative rock which are it's like alternative to what pop music would be or, or right. what would be popular culture but in rap is like you just in this one box because it's alternative rap. It's fucking indie rap. It's, we yeah. have those same fucking divisions in our genre too, but we don't get recognized like that, you know. Which is yeah. one thing I, I think that really sucks. Which I wish would change, you know. It bothers me with comedy too. I always, I always use the mu the music analogy with comedy. What you just said about exactly what you just said about rap, I say it with comedy all the time. I'm like, comedians have to understand we're not all Katy Perry. Every comedian thinks that they're Katy Perry. Mm. Th th that there's one goal. And there's one venue, and that there's one prize, and one amount of money, and, and it's like, dude, you're not Katy Perry. You're you're <laughs> you're Rakim, or yeah. or you're uh uh you're Tom Waits, or whatever. Like you're you're different. Stop trying to get that the Grammy. You're not getting the Grammy. Yeah. You're not a Grammy comic. Yeah. You're you're raw, you're too raw for that shit. So appreciate who you are. Yeah. But like it's I, I wish there were subgenres in comedy. But but with rap, what you're saying is like, I agree. And it's funny because you'll hear people go, rap sucks now. And I'm like, well, it's some of it sucks. Yeah. The shit, if you're only listening to what Apple Music is feeding you, then you might not be happy. But there's plenty of shit that sounds like how it, the, the rap you miss, it's out there. It's yeah. still being made. You got to go always, find it. I always talk shit about um, hip hop and shit. I always, I'm, I'm, I'm just like an old boomer too sometime when it comes to it. And I had to realize 
that um because I was I started watching like old episodes of Rap City. And then I was like, hold up. Rap always had some sucky shit involved. Yeah. It was always trash, you know? And yeah. I think hip hop is in the better, it's in one of the best places it's ever been. Cause now it's whatever, like you said, whatever you like, you can go find it. It just takes for you to go dig and to find to it. But it's all different styles of rap music right now. But before you was only getting what you can see being pushed to you. Yeah. You know? You didn't know what the fuck, you know, if if it wasn't in the source magazine, if you ain't see it on TV, then you didn't know it it, it existed. But now, you know. It's any any style of rap music. So we, I kind of think we in a way better spot than what we was when I, I was think, coming up. Yeah, I think um, I think that it's. I agree. I think with artistic creation of any kind in any genre in any field, <coughs> excuse me, um, we're in a great place where you can make something and put it out there, and you can find an audience for mm -hmm. it. You know, if if it if it resonates, it, and even if that audience is 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 a hundred people versus a million it yeah. doesn't matter it's like there's a way to get what you make out there now and because of that ability we're getting a lot a greater volume of stuff that really fits what you're into mm -hmm. you know you see it with certain with the streamers the movie streamer you know like oh, yeah. netflix and all that i'm like you know i like i shudder i love because it's all horror and i'm like yo i'm like shudder has movies on it where 20 years ago this would have been the movie that was direct-to-video. I would have went into a video store, and this would have been buried next to a bunch of way more mainstream yeah. famous shit. And I wouldn't have seen it mm -hmm. because I'm being guided to, to Nightmare on Elm Street 5 or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. And now there's these, these ways, these platforms like Shudder, where it's like you're taking the, the grassroots thing and you're handing it right to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and saying, by the way, if you want this grassroots thing, this is exactly where you find it. And it, it's, it gets so much more of a spotlight shown on it. Hell yeah. So, like, you know, with music, you know, I'm agreeing with you in a very long-winded way. No, but, that's uh, not good. Uh, you know, the... Uh, that's not good. <laughs> you're like, I wanted a one-sentence answer. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we're about to get up out of here, man. Thank you so much for coming through, man. It was great chatting to you about fucking music, man. And yeah, man. It was great talking to you. You're amazing, man. I definitely going to pull up on you in New York. Definitely <laughs> going to pull man. up, man. I would love yeah, it. let's stay in touch, man. Definitely. Like, yeah. Got you. Got you. Really. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. All right. Love y'all motherfuckers. We out of here, man. Peace. See y'all at the same time. You got anything you want to plug, man? Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh... Well, yeah, like I said, Salsa Windfall might be coming down to Austin in the spring, so hope to see if that happens. Uh, but my, I'm on tour with my comedy tour, so I'm out there uh, right now. The tour is called I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. <laughs> uh, and uh, this week I'm in Austin, but uh, but I'm, I'm uh, February, I guess by the time this comes out, February dates uh, right off the bat, Nashville, and then on to North and South Carolina, uh, and then later February, L.A., San Diego, San Fran. Come see me, joederosa.com for tickets. Please, come see me. That's right. All right. Love y'all motherfuckers. Peace.